Welcome to 626 Ohana California Adventures podcast number 13. Where we talk all things Disney, theme parks, and travel. I'm Brad. I'm Kim. And today we got a lot of news to cover, so we're going to cover Universal Studios Hollywood news, Walt Disney World news, Disneyland news, Adventure by Disneyland, Adventure by Disneyland, Disney, <laughs> Adventures by Disney news, and some news with the CDC is now saying, and airline news, and of course cruise news. And we got a chance to go to Taste of Disney, and we're going to let you know what we think. So let's go ahead and start with Universal Studios Hollywood news. Okay, first of all, let's start out with, it was announced that Universal Studios is going to start selling brand new annual passes. So they're going to start new? Yeah, new for people that haven't had them. So, oh, okay, so they're, they're reselling them. They're the same type of level passes they kind of had before. Correct, but this is kind of one of the bigger theme parks that is, you know, announced like Disney isn't selling to new annual passes in Walt Disney World and you know uh-huh. so that's kind of a big deal. Yeah that's great that they're able to do it and I think they're looking more forward ahead into the future of what's going on. Yeah and the one thing I noticed about annual passes they are the new annual pass members are also going to be able to make reservations for that bonus month that we talked about last uh, week and the day before like a preview day. Oh so they get, they're going to get the advantages of all the pass holders that get for they're making their reservations for the park. Yeah, so it's kind of a good deal. Well, that's that's kind of cool. Well, I'm sure they're going to make a lot of money on that one. Right. Yeah, I would. <laughs> and also the Taste of Universal guests got a surprise. So yesterday those guests were at the event and there was a soft opening for the Secret Life of Pets off leash. Now, of course, not everybody got to go on it. They only opened it for a certain amount of time for a virtual queue, and it filled up fast, of course. But that was kind of cool for unexpected. Well, I mean, they're what day they're opening? They're opening April... Fifteenth is our preview day for annual pass slash media day, and um, April 16th is going to be the general. Real op- yeah, general opening. So, I mean, that gives them a chance to get some of these things moving and running, and they've been probably have to get those things that they, you know, tested. Right. But what a cool bonus. And especially that one hasn't been opened yet. No, they're so, first riders. Yeah, there you go. So, let's go ahead and go on to Walt Disney World news. Um, they announced that you don't need to have masks on for photos, which is great. I mean, if you're social distance outside, fresh air, good. Yeah, I mean, I don't see a problem with it as long as you're far enough away. Usually, you're six feet away from the photographer. You're outside, so it's not a big issue. Right. Yeah, that, I mean, that's great. I wish we could have done that when we were at Disneyland. Yesterday, we were at a touch of Disney, so it would have been nice with some of the characters to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, it was really hard to, you know, because you, every time you, you wanted to smile and you remember, oh, I got a mask on, nobody can tell. But, yeah. Um, then also, Mirrors has officially announced shuttle service between MCO and the Walt Disney World Resorts. So they're going to start taking reservations in May, but they haven't announced prices yet. And that's going to be interesting and see how much they're going to charge for this. Yeah. Um, I truthfully will have to, we'll do a comparison once we find out versus I looked into some of the shuttle services, limo services, private car service, if you will, and look at the price differences between if you're waiting for a whole bus to fill up because it's going to be the same type of size they're saying as the current uh, Magical Express buses. Well, all those versus, buses, well, all those buses are owned by Mirrors. They're not Disney-owned buses. Right, but if they're using those buses and you wait for them all fill up, and you're paying just about the same as you would for private service, but they meet you at the luggage carousels, and then you go straight there, and you have to wait for them to fill up and make multiple stops. Yeah, uh, it's only I, a few dollars difference or something. I don't know. I think it would be interesting to see how much they are able to do this because it give you an idea how much the, they're, they're obviously going to have to charge to make a profit. Of course. 
and it give you kind of an idea what Disney had to pay to get keep those things running too. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So I mean, I, I guess. And will it, it even be a popular choice at that point? Yeah, I don't know. I could see it being popular. Truthfully, if it's priced right, I can see people going ahead and doing it and making a reservation based on the time they land. Yeah. And maybe mirrors will have a little bit better of an organization that way. Now, if they could get it where it was uh, delivered to the Disney resorts like they were before, maybe not to your room, but at least to luggage. Oh, that'd be nice. That I would be all in on that one. I, and I don't have to go and get my own luggage. I don't see that happening, though. I know. We got so spoiled. I know. Now we have to carry all our luggage everywhere across the airport. Yeah, I oh, don't well. know. So, um, Mouse Gears at Walt Disney World is going to be replaced. So, after they closed last year, they moved to their new location. But the old Mouse Gears is going to be reopening as a store called Creation Shops. That's interesting because everything we heard about that when they closed, they, oh yeah, they're just refurbishing it. It's not. It's going to be still Mouse Gears. They put the new the Mouse Gears over into a new area just for the refurbishment. Right, but I guess they want to move forward. I'm kind of sad. I don't really like the name Creation Shop. Mouse Gears, I liked better. Maybe I'm a traditionalist. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're going more into that, uh, was it the memo? The, where you kind of put out the clothes on all the dolls, you know what I'm talking about? I don't know, but it's going to be located at the uh, entrance and center of the park in an area they're going to call World Celebrations, which I kind of like that name. With the new remodel that they've been doing all throughout the park and the re- imagination of the park but they're gonna have a huge glass walls to let natural sunlight in which i like okay yeah, that'd be nice because it did feel a little closed yeah it felt you only had the light coming in from the outside and that walkway was kind of really dark at one at one end where it was kind of that tunnel walkway you know what i'm talking about yeah it'll be interesting during storms yeah but it, i mean that'll be nice to have the natural light in there and they're gonna have new original mickey mouse mural okay so uh, we're always loved new Disney art, so that's cool. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of people are going to be upset about this because this has kind of been there for how long? Since Must, the beginning. The, of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But again, that's one of those things that Walt always said. He goes, "It's always changing." So yeah, I guess I just like that. But on other good news, with that, it was announced that Club Cool is coming back, which is hosted by uh, it Coca Cola. The new location will celebrate Coca-Cola in a f- new, fresh way while keeping fam favorite experience of trying Coca-Cola drinks from around the world. Okay. Now, the only thing I'm worried about is this doesn't say if it's going to still be like a free experience. Yeah, that's kind of interesting because they say in a new, fresh way. Right. And, or is it going to be like the Coke experience at the Coca-Cola store at uh, Disney Springs where you buy the whole tray? I'd be almost guessing they're going to go to that because we've I seen because we've seen it in Vegas where we've gone to the Coke store in Vegas. They have the same type of similar set up. You buy uh, a tray, try a drink well, from the, all over. But remember, they had two different trays at that one that they, uh, they had a lot more uh, variants of different Cokes. They did. I don't know. I'm I'm hoping they keep it a free thing because it was such a cool. Well, I love the Beverly face, uh, but I don't want to have to pay to watch somebody make the Beverly face. Oh well, yeah, the problem is, is with our son Hayden. He doesn't. He likes it. Right. He's, <laughs> He's one, one of the, the odd ones. ones. But yeah, the Beverly, I'm sure the Beverly is going to be there, but maybe they're going to do a hybrid of it, maybe? I don't know. Or maybe you could buy him to take home. Because the problem is, is obviously with the virus going around, you don't want, because you had everybody with those Coke machines, you know, reusing their cups and everything that they just drank out of onto the... Okay, now you're... And now I'm making you... making you grossing me out. But, but we all did it during flu season, right? Yeah, we did. Um, but you know, we didn't think about it. Now we really do think about it, what's going on. I would be betting this is going to be a situation where they maybe have a few samples out. They do a few free, but the rest of them, if you want to try all of them. 
It's going to be, be like a, a sit down outside or they give you a tray. Maybe I'll have to do something at Epcot where they're going to do those multi-open, you know, the open gardens kind of in that uh, where they had the outdoor, mm-hmm. like oh, so they you go up there to go eat or drink. I don't know. So they haven't announced the location yet. They did. It's going to be right next to um, the new creation shop. Okay. That's kind of cool. So they're, they're completely moving their location then. So the Jets you're hearing in the background right now. Is the Dodgers opening day ceremony. So we'll just leave that in because that's yep, those... fly over our home. Disneyland. Yeah, um, I mean, reservations were announced are going to open on April twelfth at eight a.m. and those are only people that had bought tickets before that haven't been used. Now this is very, very controversial. Let's just say there are some very upset, including ourselves, Disney uh, fans. Yeah, and the reason I'm going to say we're upset about this is not that, you know, those people should absolutely have the opportunity to use their tickets, and I'm not going to say that they did, but these are tickets that you went to Costco and bought for a huge discount price. It doesn't say how you bought them or where you bought them. It's just if you had a pre-existing ticket. So, yeah, I get people that, like, the next day got locked out and they had days left, but there's another group. There's two groups that really should have also been taken into consideration, is the first group being the legacy pass holders because there's been a lot of bad blood and feelings. I mean, they have extended the discounts, but it would have been nice to have that given an extra day either behind that group or something in front of the general public. Well, the problem with all this is, I mean, they've been trying to do things with the legacy pass holder discount. Um, We talked to a cast member yesterday. They said that they, quite frankly, don't know how long that's going to go. Yeah, so we still get the discounts. Yeah, but they don't know how long it's going to be. But But more upsetting to me is that we're DVC owners and we actually have a reservation close to opening. And from from what they're telling us, they're not doing what they did in Walt Disney World. Right. At Walt Disney World, if you had a, a if you had a reservation at one of the hotels at the resorts, then you would get to go and get first dibs on those park reservations. Now, if you're staying at the Disney's Grand Californian villas or villas at the Grand Californian or a regular just room, you're not going to have any kind of priority. And the rooms, they're not cheap. Yeah, they're fairly expensive. Um, I'm not going to say that it may sound sound like grapes because we're staying there. We have a reservation. Well, okay. And to be fair, DVC are the only ones that have reservations because a regular room for the Grand Californian doesn't open until April 15th. So you'd know if you got in or not before they open up the room reservations to the Grand. But the DVC did not know that when... Yeah, when they did this. Yeah. And the thing is, is the reason we're kind of upset about this is us being DVC members, we understand that these there's a lot of people that are probably staying there that are Californian locals that bought into Grand California. Yeah, you have to be a Californian uh, resident to be able to go to Disneyland when it reopens for the time being. Yeah. And th- these are actual owners of DVC that bought in. They have not been able to use their, or get the priority reservations for their home resort for a year, or they did use it for their home resort. And it, it's kind of a really bad thing, especially when... It feels like a slap to the face to the DVC owners. Yeah, especially It's like when, another bad blood marking and checked into DVC a bit. Yeah, and they only really got to deal with 50 rooms. So let's say we triple uh, three, you know, 150 to 200 people that they would have to deal with for the priority, which I don't think would be a big issue out of their numbers. Really? And you know what? The good grace and goodwill, it probably would have gone better for Disney to sell more DVC. But for this... People are going to start saying, wait a minute, DVC doesn't have a lot of perks. I know we're buying the room, but yet you want the ability to use it. And 
it's, not just have a room for a night. I mean, I could go to any hotel in Southern California and stay a it night. Would, it would do a lot better. And just from a financial thing, from thinking about from DVC, they're building a brand new tower at the Disney uh, yeah. the hotel or at Disneyland Hotel. And um, people are fed up. You know, that's a lot of rooms. I mean, this is going to be a major expansion on DVC at Disneyland. Yeah, there and needs to be some goodwill. And especially with the, the park announcement expansion, I wouldn't be surprised that there's more DVC not planned into that. Yeah, because they did say into the new expansion that there's going to be new hotels. And again, if you're hearing the hearing the jet noise in the background, is uh, Dodgers... Opening are, day World Series uh, is celebrations. Today. today, and we're close enough to Dodger Stadium that we're right in the flight path of all the jets flying over. Okay, so let's go ahead and... Oh, let me... Oh, and there's one more piece. Of, okay, so we got back off the track a little bit. The second wave for people that didn't have tickets will open on April 15th. Price ranges will be $104 per day to $209 per day. I wonder if the 104 is like kids and 209 is adults. I would probably say that's going to be their price range. The, oh, good grief. Or maybe it's going to depend on if it's a holiday or weekend. Or I imagine they're going to be doing that the, the, like they have been doing lately, the up and down depending on demand yeah. and date. But, you know, truthfully, if they're going to go on demand, it's going to be $209 for everybody the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> and then multi days are going to be two hundred and twenty dollars to four hundred and fifteen dollars. How are they doing multi days? Like two days, three days. I don't know how many you could buy at once. I mean, it only seems like two days at that point. So you buy a multi day ticket, but you have to make a reservation. So if you buy a multi day ticket, do you get the guarantee of the multi day? I don't know. Well, I mean, that's actually a question, a good question. I yeah. would think. I mean, because I wouldn't buy a multi day if I can't get a guarantee to get it. Yeah, so one of the things they want you to know is there's going to be no fast passes or max pass, no fireworks or parades. Uh, the rides that are going to be open, they are going to have Rise of the Resistance with a virtual queue closed, which I don't think we're, any of us are surprised is going to be the Finding Nemo submarine voyage. The one I am surprised about there is the Matterhorn bobsled. I'm wondering if that's just going to be it's for its regular maintenance and they haven't done it. I don't know, but it's an outdoor ride. My guess is because it's the regular maintenance. They just haven't done it yet this year. Yeah. And then the Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters are going to be closed. Of course, uh, Jungle Cruise will not be open and Storybook Land Canals will not be open. I mean, a lot of those are outdoors ones. So I'm wondering if this is just regular maintenance they haven't done yet. Well, Jungle Cruise are doing the overlay anyways. Yeah, Yeah, and you think about it, but I mean, the Matterhorn is an old ride. It is, but they just went through a huge major overhaul about two years ago. So there may be some things they need to work on. Maybe in the testing, something yeah. came up. But also, to know is Splash Mountain will be open. Yeah, and they well, they did they announce that for Disney World as well that they're keeping it open for right now. Yeah, but I just it could have been one of those ones that were on the list. It's just you didn't know. Yeah. And then over at California Adventure, Grizzly River Run is not going to be open, which is shocking because we're going into our hot seasons. Yeah, that's kind of interesting because it was, um, it looked like it was pretty much other than when we walked by it, you could see the outdoor water on one end there, but everything else was dry. Yeah. And then the Golden Zephyr and the Red Creek Challenge Trail, which I'm not surprised because there's a lot of touching and small Kids groups. jumping on yeah, things. Yeah. It would be hard to keep it clean and social distance and all that jazz. Um, but the other one is, oh, the Sourdough, the bakery tour. Hayden was upset to find out that's not going to open real quick, right <laughs> away. So I understand, I guess, but, but... We've been in that one before, and it is kind of a smaller area to be in. I think that's it what it probably... 
Okay, and then, of course, the Marvel Avengers campus is opening June 4th. Um, the new Web Slingers is supposed to open, and the Prime Test Kitchen, wow, that's a mouthful, um, is set to open. And Spider-Man will do flips 60 to 65 feet in the air, which is interesting because when we were at Touch of Disney, before we saw the announcement, is Brad saw the, like, hooks from outside, and he's like, I wonder. And then... Of course, right away we saw the announcement. We're like, yeah. "Yep, that makes sense." Oh, you can see outside above it. Um, when I was looking outside the, where I could see from when I was getting a item from one of the booths, is I could see this carabiner hook hanging off of like of a, of a weird kind of crane thing. I'm like, I'm betting they're doing something with Spidey there. Right, and of course, I, they probably announced it because now with the touch of Disney, you have a better view of the area. You do, but you don't. You get to see the very tops of the buildings if you're walking around. Yeah. And you don't get to see the whole campus. I know they released a new video of showing the whole campus what it looked like. It'll be interesting. I mean, it's an exciting expansion for uh, DCA. So, Okay, real quick. Uh, Adventures by Disney announced that they will be traveling summer 2021 to Costa Rica, Arizona, and Utah. There are still va- dates available, I think, Arizona, Utah, or sorry, Costa Rica is starting in May. Really? May that early for Costa Rica. Right? Um, that's kind of surprised me for international. I wonder if they've discounted the prices at all with everything going on. I don't know. I would love to do Costa Rica. I mean, that'd be, that's beautiful. From We actually had a, we did a, uh, we actually did a cruise for DVC Cruise, and one of the guides there was from Costa Rica, and it was awesome what he was talking about. He made it sound like it would be a ton of fun. So yeah. if that was a discounted price by any means, I would sign up if we could. Mm-hmm. We have a busy summer ahead. But Arizona and Utah, are those two new locations for them? No, they've always gone. I think it's just easier in the United States of places, obviously, outdoors. And, you know, people are wanting places in the United States to travel more so domestically maybe this year compared mm-hmm. to other years. Oh, I can see with the Arizona and Utah, almost those being almost the same trip, though. Like, is with Zion, no. Zion National? And they're everything. not. Oh, really? Hmm, okay. But the kind of, I mean, there are lots of national parks in both those states, so that makes sense. Yep. Okay, and they're also... Um, Yesterday, there was a virtual Disney event. Um, there, Josh uh, DeMarico showed a real working lightsaber. So the working, it has a re- working, it has a working retractable light blade and it's interesting because a new star wars hotel uh galactic star cruise is offering a lightsaber training experience so that's kind of just in time because it's still slated to open sometime in 2021 i don't know is that december 31st but (laughs) that's just my guess because it seems like there's a lot this will be interesting i like to see that i never saw it um yeah but the question is can it cut bread Hey, maybe a YouTube idea. <laughs> I wonder how much that sucker is going to cost. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, it's Disney one. Right. That is going to be a pretty two, penny. Two, it's Star Wars. And three, it's a real working a retractable lightsaber. I see your face already lighting up like a little kid. Like he's almost looks like a kid in Christmas morning, like looking like he's going to jump up I'm and down. Sh- I'm sure they're, they are using some type of technology. It's probably perfectly safe in everything oh, yeah. to use. but. Um, but you kind of lit up there. You can't see this, but he just well, all of a sudden that, his whole that, face. It's like that a, dream when you're a little kid. You go, you wanted, you pretended that lightsaber was real. It was going to cut it through everything. It was going, it kind of, you know. Oh yeah, yeah probably. I wonder if it'll make the noise too. Yeah, I'm sure it will. I mean, that was like the dream you want. You want that real lightsaber. Anybody who was into Star Wars is like, oh yeah, we want that. We usually <laughs> sitting here talking, and Brad's usually a very happy person, anyways. But all of a sudden, there's like this twinkle in his eye, and I'm like, oh goodness, how much is this going to cost us? Yeah. No, I probably won't get it because unfortunately, I'm probably the more 
Well, Hayden, I can mm. see yeah, our well, son. He's more like you. I'm more financial responsible. You're Mike. Ooh, I like that. That's cool. <laughs> so. Okay. All right. I'm not going to start <laughs> throwing stones, I guess. Here, let me throw a pebble at you. Right. <laughs> the CDC has released a statement saying that travel for vaccinated individuals is low risk. So uh, just we're throwing that out there because we want to keep have you keep this in the back of your mind as we go through the rest of our travel news here. Yeah, the CDC seems like they're changing a lot of rules or things that are just, I mean, it's last minute. It's been really odd. Um, it's almost <laughs> like they can't keep up. They can't make up their mind. Yeah. Well, actually, I just kind of laughed when you said that. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, it's something it, it seems like almost, a, again, a, we called it before a soap opera. It keeps changing all the time and... Well, As the CDC turns. Yeah, so let's go ahead and go on to some airline news and Boeing. Uh, Boeing has stopped the 737 MAX planes to due to an electrical issue now. So it's going to affect over 60 planes from American Airlines, Southwest Airlines, and United Airlines. So did they say exactly the electrical issues they were having? Nope, they just called it electrical issues. I call this... I don't ever want to get on a Max 737. Well, the problem is... is They have problems over and over again, and they've had crashes. And now what's well, supposed to be fixed a few a few months later has electrical issues. I'm not going to throw the Max underneath the bus like a lot of people are. I oh, I am. I understand the problems that they're having with the Max. One was obviously just... I don't know what their engineers were thinking. Instead of backing up, they should have had two things. That was the whole issue they had with the computers overtaking everything. I'm wondering these because these planes have been sitting for so long. There's an electrical issue that they didn't that they didn't know about. It's a new plane. It it is a new plane, but it isn't because you still have the old 737s were workhorses. I'm I'm not. I don't want to get on one. I'll be um, honest. I really unless they prove a track record of a significant amount of time, I do not feel comfortable get on one. Yeah, I mean, and our summer plans, I checked. And made sure we are not getting on one of those things. Yeah, no guarantees on that because they could always change us to a 737 max away of our, our plans have changed. Oh, but, gosh. But the thing is, is I look at it as two different things here is the 737 airframe as itself has been a very good airframe. It's when they went to the max de design with trying to take, I would say, shortcuts that they have had issues. But we've seen problems with the 777s. We've seen problems with all the Airbus A320s. Oh, gee, I really want to get on a plane now. Well, and these are things that work out in a new aircraft. 737 didn't have a whole lot. Yeah, life. but do you want to be the person it works out on? Yeah, I know. And that's the thing is, is that you have to ask yourself. But I I think that one, they may get these things worked out fairly quickly. Okay, that, that plane better have a zero issue for over a year <laughs> or two before I'd even consider it. Yeah, and it's given them a chance. I mean, this is a... Okay, but do you want to be the one to give them a chance on a doomed flight? Yeah, and I've also heard rumors that, that they're talking about completely renaming their plane. Well, if they rename it, still okay. the same idea stands in my world. Yep. So we'll have to see. Um, again, I'm I've done a lot. I've seen the research or seen the studies and things on it. All right. See, Brad's more forgiving than I am. And well, we're into travel. I mean, it's one of those things. And, yeah. and the 737 is a big uh, plane. And this why reason we're kind of talking about this a little bit is because this is one of the few wide body planes that can land in Burbank, California. So we'll go with that is there is a new budget <laughs> airline available that announced that they're starting in Burbank. So starting April 28th, they're going to be based out of Burbank, California with uh, service to 11 cities. The inaugural flight will be from Burbank to Santa Rosa. But just how big of a budget is this going to be? <laughs> It's going to be on uh, Boeing 737-800s. So this is the old airframe of the 737. Okay. 
it's starting at $19 one way. Now, I looked at some tickets just out of curiosity. Those are like the midweek flights, non-peak travel. Most of the other ones were $29. Okay. Like if you were flying on a Sunday or a uh, Friday. Oh, a heavy travel day. Yeah. So it all sounds good, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know with these cheap airlines, you know what's going to happen. You're going to get nickeled and dimed to the bank. Yeah, um, so they're talking about uh, first bank check is $10. And here's that big heavy one. Okay, this is scary. The carry-on overhead will cost you $35. So if you take your carry-on suitcase, you're $35 a person. I mean, that for a family of us? Yeah, and they know they've got you on that one. Because unfortunately, if you're like us with the overhead carry-on that we carry electronics with us, computers or something like that, we may not want to have in our backpacks. We put it into our bag so it's not as heavy. They know that people are going to be doing this because they don't want to have that. I um, am scared. I hope that other airlines don't do this. This is really nerve-wracking. I don't see it. I mean, we've had, like, was it Spirit Airlines and stuff like that that have done the nickel and diming. I'm really surprised that some of these airlines don't have a dollar uh, bill taker on the bathroom so every time you use it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and if you want priority, it's going to be $10. Pets in the cabin are $95. Which is surprising to me because some airlines are going against that now. They're not doing any pets in the cabin. Right, and what's the definition of a pet? And are we gonna get a mini miniature pony walking down to the pig? Oh, we've seen everything in the. <laughs> well, we haven't technically seen everything, well, but we've I heard mean, everything. Yeah, yeah. You know. If somebody comes in with a snake and sitting across the row from me, I'm Peace. gonna have issue. <laughs> um, yeah. So their definition of pet needs to be clarified. Mm -hmm. And then they have advanced assignments. Uh, so window seats and aisles are extra five dollars. So if you're smashed in the middle, you, you save yourself five bucks. Oh, charming. <laughs> so it's $10 round trip because this is only one-way prices. Mm -hmm. And then if you want extra leg room, which, of course, I would need. $18. Yeah. So I looked at, I just kind of added up some of the things. Like if we each took a bag as a family of three, for us to sit in the same row, would cost us an extra $10 per leg because if we had a window in an aisle, that's $10 just for, you know, being a family of three. Mm-hmm. And the extra leg, what are you going to do is put us all in the middle in different rows so that we save 15 bucks a flight. And then they're doing 11 cities initially. Is that correct? Yeah. So I looked at us. Um, if we were to go out of Burbank into Montana, because Brad has tons of family in Montana. It's actually where we met. And that would, for the three of us to fly with all these little extra that we would maybe kind of look into, it'd be about the cost of one ticket or a little less than one ticket currently on other airlines. Plus, it's a it's a direct flight, and like going to Bozeman, it, it, you usually you, have to stop. Yeah, we're usually stopping in Salt Lake or Seattle or somewhere like that on our way, depending on what airline we're doing. Which is this is great that they had that, and that might be for us. It'd might be, be a good way to go see your family. Yeah, I mean, usually a flight for us to Montana for one of us is like three hundred and fifty dollars out of LAX. Yeah, yeah. Burbank is usually Even a little bit more expensive. We usually try to look at some of the smaller little airports because those are the two that really fly into Bozeman. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about this is that they're doing 11 cities. Um, are they doing this out of the main terminal at Burbank? Okay, I haven't heard that. But I do know they're going to go to like Phoenix, Mesa. They're going to go to Oregon. Well, the reason I'm asking this, and I, I don't know, Kim did all the, res the researches on this, is because right now currently they have a, a regional area. It's called Jet Suite X. That was started by the founder of JetBlue Airways. Oh, yeah. I and don't it, know. We, we've loved it. We used it before to go to Vegas, and it was great, but it's gotten more expensive in the time. Of course. But you, it always I, seems like these smaller ones start out really cheap, like JetBlue and all those. And then as soon as they start taking two, they 
the prices skyrocket. Well, and the prices have come down more. And what was great about those planes was is that you had your own terminal, you landed. I mean, we were literally in our room from Vegas from the airport within, what, 10 minutes? I think it was like 20 minutes, 25 minutes, oh, of, which we've never done that, before. Yeah, I mean, because we, we were going to a private terminal in What was funny, because we didn't even know we did that. We booked our flight with JetBlue, Blue. and then JetBlue put everybody on the flights into this. And it felt like we were... It was like, I felt like almost a celebrity, like those private plane rentals. It was great. And I will say it was great. And we paid airline prices for it. But that's now if we were to use that same service that we looked at, it would have been. It was a lot more expensive. It it was like double the price. Than flying to Vegas normal. Right. It was a nice, fun experience once. But I mean, that was, it was very convenient. I can see if you're flying back and forth to different places. So it's interesting that they're doing this. I'm curious how they're doing this, or maybe Burbank gave them uh, permission because I know Burbank is is usually a pretty busy airport. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, I'm liking it. Yep. So, um, so let's go ahead and go from air to sea. So Florida is suing the CDC over cruising, which we talked about before. So before it was just a suggestion, almost like a threat out there from the Florida governor. And now they're like, no, we are suing. And it's a big industry for them. I mean, yeah. tourism Florida is huge. So far, uh, Royal Caribbean, Celebrity Cruises, Silver Sea Cruises, and Disney Cruise Line has suspended U.S. sailings through June at this point. No surprise. No, I think we all saw that coming. But... Uh, a lot of the problem is all these cruise lines, rightfully so, are asking to be treated the same way as other U.S. businesses. US, yeah, they don't want to. I mean, they're like, wait a minute, you're letting planes fly everywhere across the country with less stringent uh, pro- uh, policies, guidelines, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not, you know, there's not really the social distancing when people are boarding and. Well, when you're sitting in a seat and you got three in a row and you're sitting next to strangers, <laughs> that social distancing went out the door. What's funny is I saw a picture the other day. It showed uh, the picture of the airport where all these markers are out for six feet away. Yes. And then you get onto a plane where everybody is packed packed, and packed in like sardines. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it really doesn't make too much sense when you're trying to do that. Right. It's like, okay, um, for the ten min- the hour, two hours before we do that, but the three, five hour cross country... Mm-hmm. You're packed in tight. Yeah, so I can see where cruises. I, I there's it's a two story on this because again, you know, we've seen it on cruises where we've heard the stories of uh, viruses going through mm-hmm. cruises like crazy. Right, like last year, that Princess Diamond is everybody's nightmare. It didn't really happen on a plane, but if you think about it, how did the how did the virus get to the United States? It came over on an airline. Well, it came on air. Well, it could be for somebody. It could have, but there is the documented guy from Seattle that was on a plane. Okay. And so, the, but also with cruises, though, what I'm talking about is that everybody's stuck on that ship for so many days, touching the same surfaces, uh, eating right. in the same dining areas and everything else. And I can see where this is a concern. But again, I also look at it. It's like, you know, people are going, I mean, look at, uh, we watched, uh, we're big baseball fans. They had Texas Stadium that they finally were allowed to have full fans. They had a sellout crowd. There was no social distancing. Yeah, they, I mean, they literally sold every seat at tex- at that new stadium. Mm-hmm. And in Texas right now, you don't have to wear a mask if you don't want to. So I could see why they're arguing this to the CDC, saying, hey, the states are already making up their minds of what they want to do. Why can't we go ahead and cruise? Right, you're holding us to a higher standard, but it's a double standard, and it's not right. And we're people are losing out on jobs mm-hmm. and 
this I'm, is, uh, you yeah. know, this is a financial problem for people that work in the cruise industry and not to mention. And these are not just jobs from people because, you know, a lot of those people are on the boats or on the boats. I'm sorry. The ships, they get mad if you hear anything. Ships, it ships. Yes. Yeah. Don't you dare use the word boat. But the, on the ship that, you know, I know there's a lot of people from a lot of different foreign countries that work on them. But there is in the ports everywhere around those ports are U.S. based jobs. There's a lot of United States people being paid well and all around the world if you sail from the u.s to mexico well, or to yeah, the caribbean well, and i'm just saying Bahamas. That, but i mean a lot of people think well okay that you know the different jobs or whatever but there is u.s these u.s reasons this is why florida's getting involved because they have people come here to go out there's a lot of port jobs involved in this right and, and that's what they're saying they're saying wait a minute just treat us the same as you do airlines or you know sporting events or whatnot and um that's the only right thing to do. And of course, the CDC said, well, here, we're going to give you these instead. So they gave them new guidelines. So they're going to establish plans for vaccinating staff. And no, the cruise lines have to establish plans for vaccinating oh. staff and implementing routine testing and then submit it to the CDC. And so the CDC, mm, yeah, maybe. Okay, no. Okay. Originally, the guidelines included uh, weekly reports of COVID cases on the ships. Or I don't know if that included terminals or whatnot, but now they want a daily report. Wow. And then they're going to have to develop onboard lab testing for symptomatic crew and passengers um, and those that have like close contact, things like that. But now you're going to have to bring on new technology, bring in um, people that are trained and certified or whatnot to do that testing. testing. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's going to take some time because that's... That's going to be per ship. So that's new staff that's got to be trained in the ways. And then you've got to probably do tests to prove that this is all working correctly to the CDC. And then they have to develop port medical and housing agreements approved by the port. So like if somebody does get sick on the cruise or one of the crew or passengers that they have, uh, what are they going to do when they're in each port? Again, this is confusing because the big thing for the CDC, they only have regulations in U.S. waters. Right, but they're saying by port. I don't know if it's U.S. port or international port, but they say by port. I would be saying by U.S. port because they're come, they're sailing from the United States and then coming back to the United States. But then, like, if you go to St. John's and the well, Caribbean, well, St. John's is a U.S. port. Right, that's what I'm saying. But it, they're still technically in the Caribbean, mm. but, but not part of the. Caribbean. Well, say if they go to T- U.S. territories, I guess. Let's say they go to um, what's one of the other bigger ports, uh, Cozumel. Okay. Uh, you know, obviously they're going to, the Mexican government's going to want something completely different than what the CDC wants. And then there's the airlines to come back into the U.S. You're supposed to have testing to come back in the U.S. How does that work for cruises? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a really hard issue here. So then uh, they're going to have to have like stimulated mock cruises. Mm-hmm. And then after those, they have to have, and of course they have to put in, I think there's still that 60 days notice. And then they're going to have to complete an after-action report um, post-stimulated cruises. And again, I'm not completely against all this stuff that they want. Um, I think the COVID testing of staff and everything is a good idea. I, I agree because it's just... it's You're so, such contact, close contact. I would think that if you really wanted a cruise, I think, one, it would be great if they did say, hey, you have to be tested before you get on board. Well, you know, honestly, truthfully, I would rather see right now at least saying, hey, go, you guys can go to your private islands, the closed loop islands, like that are only the cruises that go there. Are you talking about the, are the cruises? Like the Castaway Key or you go to um, 
Yeah, because whatever that, the different Norwegian, because that would f- satisfy their foreign port for the United States, right? But plus, it would also allow for them to, to keep isolate. it. Yeah, it's a closed loop. The people that are on the island stay on the island. The people on the ship stay on the ship. Everybody's been tested. At least get them back to some capacity. And I know people at Disney. If you said you were doing an out to sea days and days at Castaway Key, then they would go nuts and they would never blink twice at sailing. Mm-hmm. And then um, also, they are going to have to have housing agreements by ports, too. So I'm wondering if that's meaning that they have to have areas that are ready to go in case they have a COVID situation. Right, to quarantine, get people off the ships. Or if somebody gets sick, where are they going to put them? What kind of medical facilities do they have? What are going to be their protocols? They're going to have to do step by step. I, uh, I think it's a tough thing. I think... You know, you see that we saw it at the theme parks yesterday. Everywhere said COVID nineteen warnings. There's warnings left and right that mm-hmm. you, there's no safe, and there is nothing going to be safe about anything until we get enough vaccinations to kill this thing off. Hopefully, until um, we get like a herd hum- immunity. Kind of thing. Yeah, and I mean, even then, there's not. I mean, there's no ever guarantee you weren't going to get sick on a cruise. Right, and then like Disney World is. Uh, sorry to go back. I just remembered they they're saying for Disney World once fifty percent of the state of Florida is vaccinated, then they'll consider removing the mask guidelines. That's kind of interesting. So that could be fairly quickly is the way they've been people have been getting vaccinated. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, again, with the cruises, it, there is no right answer to this. I think it's going to be up to what you feel comfortable. You know, if you don't feel comfortable, reschedule your cruise for next year. Right. And I think that's the one thing the CDC has got to look at. I know they don't want to spread and they're trying to protect everybody. But this is voluntarily mm-hmm. done. Nobody is forcing anybody to go on a cruise. Nobody's mm-hmm. holding a gun to you saying you have to get on a ship. I think in the travel industry right now, what we're looking at, and I know everybody wants to be safe, everybody think um, there's people out there that's, you know, they're... They already have the vaccine saying, I want to go on a cruise. I want to get out of the house. I want to go places. Yeah. And I totally don't blame them. I really like, you know what? They Last wanna, year, everybody's been cooped up. We all have a little bit of cabin fever. They want to take a risk, and that's fine. And let the crew know their risks that they're on, what they have, and hopefully they can get right. vaccinated. People can do what they're comfortable with. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're not comfortable going out and you want to be safer at home, that's, that's, that's a up great to you. option. Yeah, that's up to you. And if, of course, that's respectful. It, but if you go out, you realize that not everybody has that same standard. Hopefully that there are some considerations and going again, on. And again, we look at this vaccination. I know it's experimental vaccination, but what they're saying is the rates are what, around 95% effective, which is greater than the flu vaccine. So if you have the vaccine and you want to go out and do things, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, if you feel comfortable with it, go do it. Um, and I really think that we need to start getting this, this stuff going again. And I understand it could be a spreader. But if they're vaccinated and they feel comfortable, why not? But that's just I me. think you still have to be somewhat careful. But yeah, oh no, I, I mean, totally agree. one of the things that I think is fueling the debate is the CDC has come out and said that Pfizer and Moderna are a resistant to most of the variants that they've been studying thus far. Mm-hmm. The Brazilian one, I think, is the only one that's up in the air. Uh, I thought I heard the Brazilian one that may be. I, there hasn't been a definitive. They said the dominant one in the United States is the UK, the, the UK is. Um, is you're protected. You're protected. Um, but the one thing they are saying is, and this is new this week, is studies have come out showing that you are not supposed to be a symptomatic carrier if you have the vaccine. And the people that have gotten the COVID, that 5%, 
nobody's died. Yeah. And so the good news is that we're getting more and more from the studies coming in. Bad news is it's still more and more data is coming in on this stuff. Right. And we all so, expected that. That's no. nothing new. Okay, moving on. Let's get to better news here. So SeaWorld San Diego is reopening some rides on April 12th. This coming Monday. So that will be the Electric Eel, Manta, Tentacle Twirl, Aqua Scout, Riptide Rescue, Abby's Sea Star Spin, and Elmo's Flying Fish. Okay. And that's along with the other aquarium stuff that's already opened. Yeah. And so these are rides? Those are all the rides. Are Not all rides are reopening. Yeah. Okay. I understand that. They're slowly reopening as they can. Yeah. So, I mean, it's good. Rides are going to reopen and kind of, I think they want to kind of test out and not open everything at once. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. I mean, I'm glad it's again, we're seeing positive movement and opening. People are getting vaccinated. Um, I don't remember our rates in California, but I know uh, for me trying to get my vaccination that it's hard to even find a vaccination in California. There's some places, but yeah, yeah. it's just depending. It'll be interesting starting April 15th. But 15th is when they had the mass. They opened it to everybody in California. So I, I'm hoping that we are able to get everything done and let's get this thing over so we can get back to normal life. Hayden was asking me the other day, he goes, can COVID be over? I'm tired of this. Yeah, our son is just done. Yeah, he's done. and it's. But been... he's being careful and still respecting everything. He <laughs> he just, you know. He wants to get back. Poor with kid. His... I he... mean, these whole kids. They want to get back to school, doing their normal routine. I never heard that. I ever heard your kids saying they want to get back to school. But... Right? I think we all dreamed of schools being shut out when we were <laughs> growing up as for us adults. Had we known what that meant, we would have rescinded our... <laughs> If we knew, really knew what that meant and what these kids had gone through, I think we would have all really rethought what this meant. None of us thought it would include a quarantine and lockdowns. Yeah. And where he asked me this was, of course, is that the Taste of Disney yesterday. And we're going to let you know kind of what we went through there. Um, so and- we're going to review it and then we'll give you our tips and tricks and our overall thoughts. So um, basically, we got there about 1137 in the parking lot. And, you know, it's funny part about it was it felt like a regular park day. Well, the parking didn't really open till 1130, so they had all those cars that got there early, <laughs> so we were looked, all backed up. Yeah, it looked like we were pulling in a normal day for Disneyland parking, but... The nice thing is they weren't taking cash. It was a Mickey's and Friends um, parking lot, yeah, so that, it was only scanning, so it went really quick. And that was part of our ticket for yes. Taste of Disney. Um, it went really quick, and we were... For- Quite frankly, in the DCA at 12.05. Right. But we had to walk that usual. We went through where the security was. They made us go a weird back way down off the escalator to the right and back through the parking lot, which was kind of strange. Yeah. And then you went out that parking lot where the tram walkway was. The, and then you had to walk where well, the whole old tram was. Well, not walkway, where the trams drove. Yeah, where the trams drove. So you drove. had to walk that whole back way all the way down through, yeah, kind of downtown Disney, all the way towards the front of the parks. I call that our exercise and burning calories before we went in. And when we were walking in, we noticed a whole bunch of signs up that don't look like they're temporary signs. Yeah, Brad and I are wondering if they're going to get rid of the tram, yeah. which also back at Walt Disney World, they are not running the trams right now from the general parking lots. So. Uh, I mean, it fits in with Disney's environmental, and if they're going to expand the parks there anyways, that where you're going to be almost right by the parks, I think I really would say it may they may do it. Now, the nice thing was they did have the wheelchair and um, electric scooter rental area right there, yeah. so that people didn't know or whatnot or were hurt and didn't realize they're going to be walking so much or we're going to get towards a park. They had it to go on this whole long journey. Yeah, it made it easier. And then on the journey, they did have benches off to the side so you could stop and. Take a rest. Rest if you needed to. 
It's a it's a bit of hike. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it wasn't it wasn't too bad of a walk. It was just I could see on a hot hundred degree day that being that miserable. Or you got small kids after being in the park and they were already done anyways. Mm -hmm. So one of our main goals was because we really wanted to go Carthay Circle and have lunch. So those were all the reservations beforehand were already sold out. We couldn't get one. Even the day that we made the reservation and they opened, we couldn't get it online on the app. So they did take up um, walk-up reservations. I immediately went in. um, I put in the app outside and it was a five, ten minute wait. And... I mean, literally, I, I had Brad check again right after I made mine on his app, and the reservations were already gone. Mm-hmm. And the same thing, Lamplight, I don't think you if you don't get them right away, they're not going to be available. Yep. But I had heard throughout the day, sometimes they open up as available mm-hmm. for seating. Yep. And so we're going to do a full review on Carthay Circle, but we'll give kind of just a quick rundown. Um, if you're watching our YouTube channel, 626OHANACCA on YouTube, uh, we'll have a more in-depth showing the food and everything. Um, but right now, it's all a fresco dining menu, which is going to be this way for quite a while until they open the main dining room. Then they'll have a full menu. So but they don't see it happening for a little while. So what they mean is the first floor and outside dining is usually the alfresco dining menu. And the second floor is a full menu. Yeah. And they just don't have a clue. Basically, when we asked, they said they didn't have a clue. They're going to open it. Um, of course, as all Disney restaurants... The menu seamlessly changes. But this one seems more so than others. Yeah. Um, so it will it'll change a little bit, but this is kind of what you're going to expect for our type of menu. Uh, everything is kind of tapas-sized. Yeah. I started out the day with a mojito, and it was really nice and refreshing, mm-hmm. and it was good. Not too strong. It was just perfect. Mm-hmm. And Hayden got cherry Coke, and of course, I got nice tea. Yeah, the cherry Coke was kind of cool. He liked that. Um, and then you and Hayden shared a couple of things. Okay, so we each got the baked scallop, which was served in an open shell, and it had the creamy potato chowder underneath, which they were thinly sliced potatoes, like the size of a quarter, maybe, maybe a little smaller. They were excellent. Both Hayden and I loved it. He didn't like the potatoes so much. Yeah. And then we got the ceviche of Kona Kampachi. It was a, so it came with the Kona Kampachi as a ceviche, but it had a lot of avocado relish it was big chunks of avocado and then they came with something um called tomato crazy water and they poured it over the top i thought it was a really good refreshing meal i love tomatoes i love avocados i adored this dish hayden did not like it and he usually loves ceviche sushi things like that it was the tomato and the avocado he didn't like yeah and so okay yeah he wasn't he said he didn't like the crazy water too much but eh. um it was kind of cool watching him pull her on top yeah, it was like a whole production. Um, I got the Moroccan roasted chicken meatballs. Uh, it was kind of had a little bit more of a spicy flavor to it, which I was really surprised for a Disney restaurant that had that little bit of a bite to it. Um, it had really great flavor. I think it had cumin in it um, for my taste. I can't really, re- I can't remember what they put in it. Uh, for me, I have allergies to certain things, so there was very few things on the menu that I could eat. So Brad is allergic to soy and teriyaki, so he was extremely limited of what he could eat. But they made, when I said she goes, what are you thinking about eating? And I told her, and she goes, yep, that's on our allergy-friendly menu. You're good to go. Yeah, I love that about Disney. So they were ready, to, they were fine with it. Um, I thought it was good. I wish it was bigger, but um, that's kind of what it was. I, I, I wish I had, because it only came with two meatballs. 
which had more. But they were large. Yeah, and then underneath they had like pomegranate seeds and um, tomatoes and stuff that really had a strong tomato-based flavor to that, the butt underneath. Not my kind of thing. Then had a little bit of uh, Greek yogurt off to the side, I think it was. Um, but overall, I thought it was really good. I liked it. Okay. Um, and then they are also doing the Legacy Annual Pass discounts there. So the lower levels are 10% off and upper levels uh, had 15% off. Mm -hmm. And they also still have the DVC discount at 10%. And to be warned on that too, is something we found out why we're there is that you're going to, if you have the annual pass discount, you're going to have to transition onto the app for that discount here soon with We're hearing within a month, but they weren't exactly sure what exact date. Nobody had an exact date. I'm sure that that'll be by reopening of Disneyland and Mm -hmm. Disney's California Adventure. Um, so, um, we want to real quick, there was two cast members there that we want to shout out because they were amazing. Yeah. First one was Ramon and he was the one that seated us. And before we got seated, we were outside talking to him and he was talking to us about classic baseball because Hayden had his Dodger stuff on and they had a really nice conversation. He's just friendly and nice man. Socially distanced, of course. (laughs) And then our, um, our server, Jennifer, she was amazing, very friendly, very helpful, yes, and very kind. And very patient with us because we were kind of in a frazzle at that moment. Yeah. Um, we were having a lot of things going on, trying to figure out everything. And um, so it was. It, we had a great relaxing lunch there, which, um, again, watch our review coming up on YouTube in probably a couple of weeks on that um so because we want to make sure we put it together right and everything yeah else. we're going to do a separate review and show pictures and everything of mm-hmm. carthay circle so let's go ahead and go back to a not a taste of disney a, t- a touch of disney i keep wanting to calling it a I taste know, you know i really didn't like the wording for this because i keep wanting to call it taste of disney as well and that was even before universal named there's a taste of universal mm-hmm. i just thought it flowed better it did so what they give you is you get your park admission ticket when you get to the gate when they if if you try to scan your paper, of course, we were out of printer, so they had to scan the app on the phone. Which yeah, so does they work. can if you forget to print out or anything, yeah. they can scan it on your phone. So they give you that, and then every person gets a $25 meal voucher card. Well, it's like a, it's like a gift card. Yeah, but it's actually a meal voucher card. You can't use it for merchandise. You have to use it towards food. Yeah. Okay, so you can redeem it in the marketplace or in the app, which the marketplace only had a few places that you could... Um, there was two places where you can go get it. There was more, but we didn't eat all the places. Like well, Huck no, no. A, a Doodle Moo, we did that for, and California Dreaming were on the list. And go, yeah, but there's actually two places where you can get where you order. So you went to the place and you pre ordered everything that you wanted from the marketplace cashiers, what right. they had. So when Which, you got up, you could either use your, um, you could do the in mobile app or you've already prepaid it when you went to one of these marketplaces and decide what you're going to eat at the beginning of the day. And the first one that was closest to Carthay Circle was busy. There was another one that's about halfway down where about Ariel is. Yeah, right before you get to the Ariel ride. The um, Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid, right. And that one had nobody there, which would be quicker. I would recommend, and I'll tell you this every time, is to go to those people first. Because every time we went to the mobile app order, that line was crazy at all those booths. It was awful. Yeah, I mean, the line was probably three times longer than the ones that if you just went up and did that. And the other advantage is the mobile app, I don't know what Disney's thinking with this. And we had problems with it because it was hard to do. It was first confusing to do i had to sit down well, and figure it out okay so if you and what you're talking about in the app is if you had those gift cards 
You had to load it onto the app, and then you had to order it. But well, no, you didn't order on. You had to do your order, then you loaded it onto the okay. as a payment, and then. But the problem is, is that we had three of us, so we had a little bit of amounts here and there. We we're ordering for three of us. Well, those twenty five dollars gift cards at a couple of places we ate weren't covering it. Wouldn't cover everything, so we would need to use two. But guess what? We had to do two separate orders for the times, and it got very confluted. It got very hard. It wasn't. It wasn't easy. Right, and then at the end, if we had like a dollar or two left, I think we got some like a soda or something, which was more than what we would spent because we didn't want to leave a dollar. So it was very sneaky in that way. I didn't like the way. I think you should have been able to put all three gift cards onto one app and oh, just I used think, it as a total. Yeah, or just where it saved it as because mm-hmm. uh, every time we did it, and then you, once you used it, then if you had to use it again, you had to go back in and put that card back on the number, and it wasn't easy to scan. You actually physically had to put the number in. Yeah. So um, anyways, I'll just real quick tell you that overall what we kind of added up for the day was $90.42. Mm-hmm. And that was before tax. And then we had those $75 of gift cards for three of us. Yeah. So the in total, what we paid 15, a little less than $15 for the whole thing for that. I mean, it really wasn't that bad, but this felt like a sneaky way to Disney getting some extra money. It did. It just wasn't, it wasn't handled well. No, it wasn't easy. It wasn't fluid. It was anything but. Um, but the good thing was, is one of the things that we actually paid money for, they had all the tapless to t- touch to pay places all working that you could use it for. Yeah. So first place we went to was the adorable snowman frosted treats. Hayden and I got the Dole pineapple whips, which were five ninety nine each. You could get them in a cup or cone. We got them in a cup. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing around the whole park was they were ride testing. So like the Incredicoaster, the train, the car trains, and different rides um, were all... The, all the ones that were running? We're running. Yeah. Actually, we got in and got a false sense of like excitement when we walked in the park. We're like, is this going to be like a soft opening? Or are we going to be able to ride the rides? They're like, nope, not even the cast members could. They were teasing us. Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it was great to get the Dole Pineapple Whips. Obviously, those will come back to Disneyland when they reopen. So we just sat down on the benches and watched the Incredicoaster go by. <laughs> uh, the second, another place that we went to was a Cluck-A-Doodle-Moo. Um, I got the chicken gumbo, which I love the gumbo usually at Disneyland. So, yeah, it's the same gumbo that's usually in the New Orleans Square. This was a little bit more peppery, so it had a little bit more bite, spice to it. And actually, I liked it better. Okay, it was $7. This one did came in a cup. It wasn't like the bread bowls, bowls that they come no, in. No, I love the bread bowls more, but this was really good. Okay. Um, so, I I mean, I love the gumbo there. So, and it, it actually tasted, it wasn't. That kind oh. of stuff like that, and later we'll get to the chili. I wish they would have put them in bread bowls and just added a few dollars to it. No, it'd been great. Um, then we all, you guys got the beef tenderloin sliders, which is always a favorite of ours. Yeah, it's eight fifty. We've gotten them at the Food and Wine Festival at Disney California Adventure for, before. For and a couple of years. Yeah, it comes with the onion. Hayden took his off. He didn't like it. I kind of like them, but mm-hmm. it just depends. It's like a pickled onion. It comes with the chimichurri sauce, which just kind of gives it a little spice. Uh, it I gives guess. it like a little small kick, but nothing really spicy. I'm sensitive to spicy, and I can handle it and like it. And then the next place we went to was California Dreaming, which had the carbonara mac and cheese with Nooski bacon for eight dollars. Yeah, it seemed like a smaller portion that one for eight dollars. Yeah, I don't know. You said you liked it. It was okay. It was. It wasn't your traditional mac and cheese. It wasn't really creamy. It had a lot more of the. You could definitely t- taste the parmesan in it. It wasn't overly creamy. You could taste the smoky bacon really well in it. 
um, for mac and cheese. I would say it was okay. Was it worth $8? I don't know. Yeah, it seems steep. Especially next, we went over to um, Smoke Jumper's Grill. We did go by the um, churro cart, which had a crazy long line. That I would line, have liked to... S- that line was never short all day long. No, any of the churro lines weren't. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're going to go, I would recommend going to a churro line first. If it, you're going to do that stuff, because that's the, one of the only ones that seemed impossible all yeah. day long. And for me, I'm not, I like churros, but I'm not that big of a churro I'm fan. not into a half hour, 45 minute no, line. I, yeah. So from Smoke Jumper's Grill, Kim got no, the... No, that's... Yeah. So next we... Then we wandered over to Smoke Jumper's Grill. Grill. And so Kim got the brisket mac and cheese. It was seven forty nine, and I loved it. It had a really nice smoky taste to the brisket. But it also had that creamy mac and cheese to it. It was I, by far the best mac and cheese that we had that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that would have been the mac and cheese I would have rather gotten than the carbonara mac and cheese. Okay. And then you got something kind of cool. Yeah. It, well, they call it a half a Monte Cristo sandwich, but this thing was big. I would have called that like a normal size sandwich. I guess maybe not Disney size portion of the normal. Mm-hmm. But it had a good size to it. Um, it was ten ninety nine. Uh, it was Monte Cristo. It was really well done. It, everything, the flavor was great for it. But they also added a blueberry uh, jelly with it, which was really good. Yeah, it came on the side, and hit, Brad like was raving about it the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I like Monte Cristos, but th- it was perfectly cooked. It wasn't overly powdery sugar on the top. It was not overly oily, where sometimes they can get. It was just really good, and I would definitely recommend it. And that was a full meal. Okay, so and then Hayden and I each got a s'more shake. It was seven forty nine. They had like it was first of all the, I guess the lip of the cup had like a graham cracker dusting on it, kind of like if you had a margarita glass with the salt or something mm-hmm. around the. So it was like that, and then um, it came with two large marsh like toasted marshmallows and a graham cracker. The whole thing tasted like a toasted marshmallow. It was really rich. I only drank half of mine. I couldn't get through more. I don't know how Hayden did it, but he drank the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And he actually ate more that day because I would have thought he would have had the biggest stomach ache. Uh, but You guys seem to like it, though. Yeah, and it came with little chocolate chips in it, like the mini chocolate chips. It was good. I think it's a one and done for me kind of thing. I'm glad we got it. But maybe Hayden and I could have... Sh- well, he drank his own, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, and it was a good portion size shake. It was massive. Mm-hmm. So um, from there, um, we're not doing, obviously, we're doing trying to just tell all the food because we're obviously not going one, two, three, four, eating all yeah. this stuff. Uh, we did a lot of things. We walked all day. This is our whole order right, of how but, we went through the day. But we're wanting to get through the food first. Um, the next place we went to, or next place where we ate at is Disney Delish. This is really hard for me because this is probably tied. I can't say what my favorite was. But this is close to Walt's chili that they had for six fifty. I think that was a really good chili. It wasn't spicy. It had sour cream in it. You didn't like the you didn't eat some without sour cream, but it had a lot of cheese. It mm-hmm. was a really good hearty boiled chili that wasn't too watery, wasn't too thick. It was just right. Yeah, I loved it. I had a bite and actually Brad's just like take the little end of it and i really loved it yeah i made sure you had some of the stuff that i didn't you know like the cheese and stuff that i didn't get through hayden liked it yeah all three of us thought that walt's chili was a winner and hayden's not usually a chili person no and that was really surprising it was really good and that i would order again and hayden's our teenage son and sometimes you know he has a different palate than we do but that was one that he thought was a winner and so from there for food wise again not again eating all this in a row we went to go china Cochina Cucamonga. Thank you. Um, where Kim and I both ordered skewers, 
But of course, us being opposites, we had to order the different type of skewers. <laughs> yeah, we're always opposite. But we, of course, from over at Disneyland's uh, Bengal Barbecue, we love the skewers. We are happy to see those in the park. Mm-hmm. So I got the Bengal beef skewer, which is the both skewers were five forty nine. They came with like three decent sized chunks of meat. It's about, I think it was about the regular size with two sticks. Yeah, and it was, I got the sweet one. I love it. I've had it before. I I definitely would always recommend it. It seems like it's more expensive usually over Disneyland than that. I thought so too. And that was kind of my thought of it. Maybe. We both really like it at Disneyland, maybe but we also don't think it's worth the price. You know, really, there may be a one piece less of meat on it from what I remember. Yeah, too. maybe there's a, one more and it's like $7 or something. Yeah. Um, I had the Banyan beef skewers, which is spicy, which I really like. Um, and Hayden decided to give a try of that one. And I mean, oh. th- when I say these are spicy, these are spicy. And I, I, I'm not giving you this. This is one of the foods that Disney does not hold back on how hot it is. Yeah, Hayden took a bite and poor sweet boy. He was like making faces, coughing, and got he the got the hiccups. hiccups. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we had to get him something to he'll drink never, real quick. He'll never be eating those again because he says he likes spicy things because he sees me eating spicy things. But I know yeah, I'm, he'll try some stuff. But that that tipped the poor kid over. And I I knew how spicy these were. And I go, are you sure? Because these are really spicy. Because I remembered how spicy these were. But then he took a t- taste of my uh, bang- he had one of my little bingo beef skewers after that, and he liked the sweet. Yeah. So I mean, those were pretty much. Right Those on are, par, yeah. Right, right where they were, I, I we've always liked it. The only thing we never liked about it was the price of them. Yeah, to me, this was like a mix of overall. The event was a mix of like the normal Disneyland favorite foods plus the food and wine, wine festival, festival food. So it was like this mix of having both type of stuff there. Yet they didn't have the peach iced tea. Oh my goodness, Brad and <laughs> I love for food and wine. For the last two years, they'd had this really good peach iced tea that comes with a little peach slice. And we both, (laughs) that's a favorite. We would actually, if we had no plans to go over to Disney's California Adventure with our season pass, we'd hop over just to go walk over to get the iced tea. Yeah, it was really good. Um, Hopefully they bring that back. Um, So there was a lot more than just food going on here. Um, We got to see a lot of characters. We saw Pluto. Goofy and Max. They were hilarious. They had a whole little character, like a funny skit. Yep. Uh, We got to see Edna and Frozone. Yeah. And we got to, and that was cool because with them and a lot of the other characters, they did the social distancing so you could still take pictures. Yeah. You kind of took a selfie with them or whatever. With them in the way back. Um, We got to see Mickey, Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse. We saw Miguel from Coco, but he was kind of like a puppet. Yeah. It was kind of interesting, but it was fun. It was fun, and they kind of had the like a set in back of them, so it made for a cool picture. Yep, uh, we got to see sadness. Oh, poor sadness! sadness. Um, again, that was another. You She's know. like the happiest, saddest person I've ever seen. And then you got to see Chip and Dale, and they were having a lot of fun. Oh, they did a, like their whole little skit too, kind mm-hmm. of fun thing, and I liked it when the characters did skits. Mm-hmm. Um, then we went down by Cars Land and got to see Lightning McQueen and Mater, and really the lines for Mater and. Lightning McQueen, most of them weren't that bad at all for the characters. I think the worst we maybe was Mickey. Mickey was the longest. Um, but uh, but no surprise there. I got to talk to one of the cast members, and we do cast member shout outs. Uh, I want to shout out. I got to talk to we're the, me and Hayden were only one there, and I go. It was kind of joking around with him because I'll take as much time as you want. And it was like an hour before closing. I go, oh, so we can stay late. He goes, yeah. If you're really going to get that good of detailed looks at it, um, but he was really nice and very friendly. I got to talk to him for a few minutes, and his name is Tim. 
So I wanted to give that a cast member shout out. Okay, one of the cool things they had going on um, to kind of break up the day, and I think they should have had more things like this, was they had the Midway games, kind of like the Carnival games out. They were free, so that was good. We didn't have to charge for those. They gave out little buttons for the winners. Yeah, they, uh, basic buttons. Uh, I don't remember what they said. I, I didn't mean, see it. I but... didn't remember. Yeah, we were we tried it once. We're like, yeah, we're done. But uh, I'm glad because Hayden tried the game and he plays baseball. Mm-hmm. And he said these were a different kind of ball than what you're used to. So I think he realized that he wouldn't ever pay to play the game with that kind of. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were still there. It was a good ball. valuable lesson as a parent because he's always like, I want to play the game. But yeah, Hayden kind of got the idea of like, hey, these are really hard to play. They're not like normal games. So thank goodness he like got that out of his system. Yeah. And it's, I mean, these are more even keeled games, I guess. Disney's not going to be like a normal where they bend the rims and all that stuff, you know, from normal carbon. It was cool to have them out there. Um, it gave kids something to do, but it it wasn't enough. It well, it it was nice they had them, and I'm sure they were kind of doing the cast member trainings. And the thing I will say was really great. Between um, every game, they had little balls to throw. They wiped down between every player, every surface. Yeah, everything they were wiping down, they were really great about it. And, and even like those water games where you have the race to see who gets to the top first, they sat and washed every little water gun in between. So it took a little bit longer to get to those games. The games were free. Yeah. So that was great. But um, no, that was okay. I guess to get a little cheap or a little souvenir. And again, they were doing annual pass holder uh, buttons that you could have got, but Kim and I saw the line. We're like, yeah, it's not worth it to us. They were just a. It was crazy guy. long. Yeah, we're like, you know, I get they're doing the annual pass, everything, but we're like, yeah, for us, we wanted to get through everything. Um, so I didn't think it was worth our time to wait in line. No. Um. um so let's get to our observations of the, and this is kind of really difficult. One, I, and we're gonna say it, and I really wish. I mean, we've gone to food festivals here before. And never had this big of no, an issue. No, we have. It's Disneyland well, or Disney's not... California Adventure has never done a really good job of having enough seating during their food festivals. But there. they've had more. It seems like it was better. They that... had more. But the problem was, since it was only food out, that people were lingering at tables longer. Oh, there were people just sitting at tables. We could not. And usually we can. And this is what I'm saying about the other festivals. We usually can walk around and for a couple of minutes and find a place to sit down and not have a problem. Yeah. This case. People are like camped out. They, I mean, some points we're waiting. We're looking for tables for five minutes. Or oh, even longer, longer than, than that. that. To trying to find us. We've learned that we had to go find our table first before we got our food. As or, bad as it was, we would have to send hate down and we'd bring back the food. Because we would not have hot food by the time we were done. It was just so It was hard. crazy. And people would have big trays and they'd be like all over trying to balance the food and try to find some place to eat. Or they had people who weren't eating anything. They were just didn't have water or anything. They it, were just sitting there to relax at a full-on table. We saw them. And, and I'm not saying that they weren't holding tables. There were some people who were doing that. Because you realize those who were doing that. But there were people there just there with... We're just sitting there looking around, not doing anything, and they threw our whole meals. Even through that waiting period, like there were some tables that I saw where people were like sitting and chilling and spending like the whole time from the time we got there, they didn't have anything to eat or drink until the time we left. They were just sitting. Yeah. And unfortunately, what that did was everybody else was trying to find places to sit to eat. And it really, it just wasn't enough seating. I mean, I hate to compare it to Universal's, but Universal had a ton of seating. Oh, yeah. We never had a problem at Universal. Never had a problem at Universal. And this leads into the other thing. It seemed like it was oversold. Yeah, I think they're used to that capacity with rides, but without having any rides, like the 
um, food and wine festival there usually has. Mm-hmm. They needed seating. They needed um, they needed a lot of stuff. It just wasn't. Yeah, it, it's it felt very crowded. It felt like a normal almost. I would say uh, park Sometimes day. Sometimes busier than some of the park days there. I would say when, when they were under a lot of construction doing the credit coaster and all that, it felt that busy when they were not having all the rides open. It felt still busy in there. Yeah, I would have wondered what that capacity was at because, and some of the food lines were crazy long. Like we said, churro lines were oh, all half day. hour, 45 minutes, and, and it was again, crazy. Again, the marble order lines were crazy too. I mean, it wasn't. They oversold it. In my opinion, it would have been better off. For something that they were just offering food. At, for the most part. I mean, they had the pictures, which were cool that they had different mm-hmm. photo op sites, which there, were fun. But there wasn't enough to spread everybody out. And the one thing I was really surprised at that maybe would have helped is a lot of the little stores throughout the park were open. So they did have on um, Buena Vista Street some stores open. And like they did mm-hmm. the same stores that they had opened for, um, for before when they for, opened it up. For, for downtown Disney yeah. when you just did a normal Disney downtown Disney shopping. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't... The only thing that was really different was uh, Bing Bong's uh, sweet spot. Yep. And because, well, that part of the park was closed down. Yeah. But it was kind of like, I would have liked to see some of the other stores open. Yeah. I like don't know. nothing on Cars Land area was open for it, shopping or and, anything else. Yeah. And again, it's it, kind of hard because some of those stores are smaller. Yeah. And I get why that some of those were, were closed. I, I don't know. It's kind of back and forth on the shopping. I didn't mind. But it would have broke things up a little bit. Maybe. Um, People would have wandered in and out. I really think Disney had an opportunity to put a lot more tables out a lot more places. Yeah. I, or maybe even they should have had some more food booth options. I don't know about food booth options. I think the food we we couldn't. There was get ton. There. We didn't go everywhere, but it just would have been nice to have people spread out. I think because you waited forever at Smoke Jumpers Grill. Well, because that was because I had to, I didn't realize at the time we had to order online and these restaurants to let you know you have to order online to the mobile app. You yeah, the booths you don't have to, but the well, no, the booths you had to go to the cashier and put, tell them what you wanted at the cashier. Then you went to each separate booth separately. You couldn't yeah. do it right at the booth. So they were trying to limit the way they did all this for the interaction with the poise that I'd be guessing. But it would have been nice at the marketplace if you could have had more than one, just those, if they would have done the restaurants too. I think if it had been more clearly explained, a lot easier, you know, mm-hmm. I, it just didn't feel like it was, didn't come across the way you needed to do this. You were kind of thrown into it and it's like, you can figure it out. Yeah. Um, so um, the, the characters were fun. I yeah. really thought they put a lot of energy and effort into it um especially when they had chip and dale and then they had goofy and max because those double like interactions yeah those are fun yeah they they definitely played off each other people were watching and it it just was some entertainment it was fun it was like it's you know, all the characters and they were all really good and there was fun to see them out. yeah it was great to have the characters out and of course uh, talking about chip and dale right across from them was our favorite spot and this is our tradition every time we go to the dca there you oh, go. Over by uh, Grizzly River Run is the Disney Kitties area. Yeah, there's always a couple of cat, cats that are hanging out there. Um, it's been the same. Well, we only saw one this time. Yeah, no, I didn't see the other. other one. There's usually two of them that are hanging out right there. And our, um, we usually, it's just our tradition to go see them. And there's usually, they tracked a crowd when they're yeah, out. Yeah, they do. They're, they're adorable. No. And I love it. So it was nice to be able to see the Disney Kitties again. Well, it's getting back to more of that normal that we're used to doing. Yeah. Um, then of course, uh, we got to see some cast members we've known. So we went over to, um, Cochina Cucamonga 
And I saw a cast member that we've seen over the years. And I was like, you're over from the French market. And she said, yeah. And it was just so good to see a cast member. I, the others, I'm even tearing up now, is a cast member that we've seen for so long on the other side of everything that just made it seem more normal. Yeah, I think we've seen her there for... Oh, Hayden was had to be like four, three or four. Yeah, it's been a long time that she'd been working over there, and um, we and she's we always say hi. We've seen her in the parks. Um, her name's Michelle. She works over at the uh, French Marketplace usually, mm-hmm. and to see her there, it just was like that was it just awesome. yeah, it was. And she was excited to see us. We were happy to see her, and it was like wow, this is more normal. This is more happy to see a cast member that we know back and working and happy and hopefully healthy. And also they're bringing back the cast members that had seniority like yeah. a lot of these places are, which was really great to see these people. Everybody was really help, happy, helpful. Truthfully, we could have named a ton of cast members who were excellent that were great. Oh, yeah. Uh, and really, again, we said that with our taste of Universal, how exciting, and they kind of stepped up the game. The Disney cast members that we saw here have seen they still have the disney magic they do and overall the food was excellent um disney's food i still say for theme parks is far above others um overall quality is better yeah and by far and uh i mean it's yeah the food quality i mean i'm glad about it i'm hoping i'm excited to see what the future brings for all this i'm hoping the food quality goes up higher Higher, really? Because I think Disney does a really fantastic job. Oh, I think they do. I mean, for as it is that we're seeing evolution of their food. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Because they do. Disney like tests food for years before they put it out at times. And we're seeing this evolution, and they're bringing back like Walt's chili. I've never seen anywhere. Yeah, it's at the plaza all the time. Oh, really? I've never. It's always on their menu, but we don't eat there very often. Oh, see, I might go to the plaza then and get Walt's chili. I loved it. I I thought it was that good. So, anyways, yeah. So we're exciting. We're seeing things moving around, and I think we're at a good point saying that. Uh, a good point. Said the food was good. So. I don't know if it was worth the price. I mean, the price was a bit heavy. I definitely wouldn't return to it because I know all of our favorite treats are going to be back in the parks when we go back. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. It, okay. So if you had to pick one item, what would been? Oh, that's really hard to question. Um, what would you've picked as your winner for the day? I I can't. Uh, mine would be between the Walt's chili and the Monte Cristo. That's so funny because I was thinking I can't pick a favorite either. When I asked that question immediately, it was like, oh, what would I say? I would. I always love dull pineapple whip. After a year of not having dull pineapple whip, mm-hmm. that was oh my goodness, you guys, that was incredible. It was it's was so good and and not to knock Disney World's there is just something special about Disneyland's dull pineapple whip. I don't know what it is. There is, and I would say my second favorite. I have to go with the Bengal barbecue. Okay. I always love it. It's really good. I mean, there were so many other great menu items, but I love the Bengal barbecue mm-hmm. skewers. So, I mean, that, that was great. So, I think with that, uh, we're ending on a positive note. Yeah, absolutely. Great food. And I think it's time for us to go ahead and shut down the busy news week and say goodbye and find, find your, your magic. magic. Bye, Bye everyone. everyone.